Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Let's talk to Stephen Ferris about the Champions Cup games coming up this weekend. Stephen, we want to start with two questions. One, can we stay in your house for Ulster's homecoming celebrations when they win the Champions Cup? And two, where should we build the statue to John Cooney? <laughs> Very good. I like that opening question. Uh, you're more than welcome to come up the road, lads. I'm currently building a house in Port Rush, so we're going to have a game of golf at Royal Port Rush and then party afterwards. That sounds like a plan. But um, yeah, I think John Cooney's statue is going to be uh, built in the next few months if that's the case. Also, go on to success in the Champions Cup. Yeah, definitely. Like they're 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 in good form. It's a weird one because like. The overturn the nine point um, deficit against Quinns. The, the the Claremont game was. I know we went ring a last week. It was a bit of a ridiculous game. Claremont were so bad that like it's hard to judge. I think also like you absolutely take the results so far. But just how good are they in your eyes at the minute? It's a it's a tough one, you know. And sort of, I didn't see. Um, you know, I, I thought Ulster would have beaten Harlequins comfortably. I thought they would have beaten the handicap. Nothing suggested to me that Ulster were going to play, um, you know, not a, not a great game. And Harlequins were going to uh, raise their physicality and be very clinical and, you know, do everything well away from home like you should. Nothing suggested to me in the, in the weeks leading up to this is going to happen. Um, and that's the... That's the Heineken Champions Cup. That's what it's all about. It throws up surprises. It throws up um, last-minute uh, penalties from John Cooney, and that's what everybody loves about it. Um, but you know that performance against Claremont, they should have been 20, 20 points, twenty-five points up inside the first half an hour. They squandered a few chances. John Cooney didn't give a two-on-one on the up the left-hand side, going towards the the clock at Kingspan Stadium, and um, you know it came back to bite them a bit towards the end of the match. And the only thing that I would say from an Ulster point of view is that they're not picking up bonus points you know they're not putting any teams any teams away and uh, last year or, um, you know, the last time yeah sorry last year they qualified from the for the quarterfinals they won five out of their six games and they were still away from home uh, against a strong Leinster team so you know for them to, uh, to, to, to get a home quarter final they're going to need to pick up some bonus points uh, and that's try bonus points and winning games yeah and it's it's funny like Claremont only a point behind them when you see the uh, when you see the table it's kind of a bit it, it, it's a bit drastic almost it makes it makes it jumps out at you just thinking though like it's a funny one because I, I would argue that Ulster probably haven't played to their potential in any of the three games so far but I have to it must be just a very very positive thing as an Ulster fan to look at you know winning the kind of one point games you know or like you take, take the two english matches you know the 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 bat game and, and and the Quinns game to kind of come back in to be on the right side of those kind of close games which might be a little bit attritional and maybe both teams aren't, aren't yeah. at their best that's not something that was happening you know two years ago anyway with ulster like it, it's definitely a good sign for yeah. the, the culture of the team yeah it is making I think, you know, like I remember being uh, involved in Ulster 2007, 2008, and you were trying to, in, in the domestic league, you were, you know, if you beat any of the Welsh or Scottish teams away, it was, a, you know, it was a massive deal. Now, in this, the Heineken Champions Cup, you're going to have to go away to France and get a victory. You're going to have to go away to, to England to get a victory. And, um, you know, I, I believe that Ulster can go to the stoop and win. And the reason for that is because 
they won on uh, uh, on Saturday against Harlequins, and I feel like they they can follow up that average performance with a better performance. And I'm not sure what team Harlequins are are going to put out. What's Paul Gusthard thinking? Is he saying right? Okay, realistically, we're probably out of the the the, the cup competition. Um, if you look at it realistically. So he might rest a few players, the likes of Joe Marler, who had a good game, Kyle Sinclair, Rob Shaw, or will those guys be chomping at the bit to um, try and inflict a little bit, a bit of pain onto that Ulster team that took a, a victory away from them uh, in Belfast. So, uh, yeah, like it's just been a crazy competition so far. Um, even the Leinster-Northampton game, madness for the first uh, for the first 20 minutes and how tight it was and the, the standard of rugby. Um, and then, you know, Goodness knows what this weekend's clashes are going to throw up. Yeah, looking forward to some of these games. Like it's all, the back-to-back weeks are amazing. Actually, I might talk to you about that in a couple of minutes um, from your own experience. But I just wanted to, before we move off from Ulster, um, like the performance of John Cooney. Mark's joking about it there earlier about how good he was, and obviously getting like winning kicks and all is brilliant. But his overall performance in nearly every game this season, and even to win, like to 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 hold on and try that dummy to win the penalty. Um, the winning penalty in the first place it was a bit a huge brain fart from the Quinns player but even so Cooney kind of yeah. recognised that might happen his um, like we were talking about him last year as uh, taking a massive um, jump in performance but it's happened again this season like on current form it's going to be very very hard for Andy Farrell not to pick him at nine for the Six Nations isn't it? It is and you know I think uh, I hope Andy Farrell doesn't pick on reputation and you know, actually picks on current form because he's uh, one of the most consistent performers. I think him and Danny Kerr at the weekend was a brilliant clash. Danny Kerr, for, for me, was close to the man of the match mm. and John Cooney was exceptional again. Um, and do you know what? I think he has another 10% in him. And hopefully that 10% is seen when he has an Irish jersey on his back. You know, he's won a Challenge Cup. He's won a, a, a Heineken Cup. He's won the Pro 12 with Connacht. Like, this guy is a proven winner. And yes, he might not have started all those finals, but he, he, he has that experience behind him. And he's 29 years of age. I think he is years at the top level representing Ireland. And um, anybody you talk to that knows rugby, that watches rugby week in, week out, that's not just your, your fan fix it on when the Six Nations is on or when the Autumn Internationals is on, will say to you that John Cooney is playing better than Conor Murray. And I would be exactly the same as that, I, I feel. And I'm not just saying this because uh, I'm an Ulster man. John Cooney has played for Leinster, he's played for Connacht. I feel that he's playing better rugby than Conor Murray. And if, uh, if Andy Farrell feels the same way I do, and probably you guys and a lot of other people do, then why shouldn't he start ahead of him uh, come the Six Nations time? He just needs to keep his form going. Yeah, the other question mark then is, obviously Leinster had a good win at the weekend, but this injury to Johnny Sexton now out for eight to ten weeks, it's who's going to be at number ten? Because you look, you're talking Carberry probably obviously is in prime position, but he's out injured as well. Jack Carty's form has dipped. You've got Ross Bourne then and JJ Hanrahan. Maybe it's Bourne now in a pole position with uh, probably going to be playing at the weekend as well. Yeah. Or Conor Fitzgerald. You didn't mention him. He's, uh, yeah. he's been absolutely superb. He uh, He's a man that he loves to take the ball to the line. He completely uh, opened up the Gloucester defence there on Saturday with a, a 20-yard pass right across the, the game line um, into space and into a hole and put a man through. And I think he, he has so much ability. He's got a great left peg on him. And uh, he's really putting pressure on the, the Jack Carty. So, yeah, I think Ross Byrne is, is the front runner. 
that's for sure. Um, hopefully Saxon's injury, you know, he rehabs really fast and he can get back uh, playing a bit of rugby before Six Nations. Who knows? Um, but it might just come too quickly for him. But yeah, I think it's a it's a two horse race between um, Byrne and Cardi. Um, and you know, who, who would have thought? Um, you know, somebody like Conor Fitzgerald or even. Billy Burns, who's uh, who hasn't yet been called into an Irish squad. He's Irish qualified. He's obviously come across from Gloucester, um, and he's been brilliant this season. He's actually been carrying a couple of niggles, so hopefully uh, he gets a bit of a rest over the next couple of weeks and comes back all guns blazing. But um, he's certainly in into the the talking points as well. Mm. It's a far cry from 2007 when I think Ron Nagara was the only out half playing senior rugby at the time in Ireland <laughs> that was Irish qualified. <laughs> like you know, and, um, yeah, Paddy Wallace's centre went over as the as as the backup. Yeah, um, just wanted to ask you about the back to backs though. I kind of alluded to it earlier, right? So as a player, this is something that is kind of an unusual thing in rugby. Maybe you get it in like you know in a summer tour for the international team or whatever. But basically, yeah. you do play the same teams, you know, home and away. We week to week is there is there extra niggle that goes in with your opposite number is there little things that you know normally by the time you play a team again things have cooled down a lot more than they will in a kind yeah, of yeah. what's for Ulster it's a six day turnaround for example but for a lot of the teams it is you know um, these things are very very fresh from what happened the week before is you liable to kind of lose the head a little bit sometimes well possibly like the Rob Sean Cooney had a bit of a ding dong battle there was a couple of off the ball shots um, I think the manner uh, in, in the way that Harlequins lost the game will really hurt them. You know, they'll be seething after that game, the way they lost it. I know after the game, uh, Cooper Barria, the, the guy who gave away the penalty, everybody's tapping him on the head and, you know, almost saying, oh, it's okay, you know. But I think deep down, they'll be furious with the way that they lost the game because they probably deserved it with their second half performance. They were playing into a stiff win um, and they, they, they played it the better standard of rugby at times. Um, and, you know, I think that'll be hurting them getting into this weekend. And those nickels that are fresh in everybody's memory um, because it's only a six-day turnaround. They could add a few fireworks to like to Joe Martyr, Kyle Singler, who are hot-headed lads at the best of times. Um, you know, it could be a bet for a yellow card early on in this match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, worth having a look at, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Munster Saracens then another one like I mean it's it's not going to be the same Saracens team we think uh, you know but like they got the losing bonus point obviously um, Munster you know really only, only getting kind of six points from their two home games with Rasting and, and, and Saracens now conditions were bad right Stephen so I, I there's a part of me that wants the professional rugby player to tell me I haven't a clue what I'm talking about here and I don't know what it's like to go and play a game of rugby in that condition but I just thought that Munster were casual I suppose is probably the word I'm looking for for like most of that game on on, on Saturday yeah. night and you know you have to take these opportunities when it comes you're not going to get a second team Saracens coming over to Toma much they did win the game but they're in big trouble in the group the way the way it's going like not having beaten Racing and, and, and only getting a kind of a 4-1 over Saracens um, in yeah. the two big Toma Park games yeah yeah uh, like I'm going to tell you as a former player it is bloody difficult when it's, the conditions are like that and you know it's never going to be easy to run away with the match and, and try and get four tries um, especially with the, the rain pelting down but I've asked you the question Mick have you been convinced by Munster over the last five or six weeks you would probably be in agreement with me and say no mm. uh, they got beaten in Cork uh, by Edinburgh they were they probably should have lost against Ulster in, in, in Thoman you know they didn't offer anything at all um, 
as you say, casual is probably a really good word to kind of describe their performances over the last number of weeks. And like going over to Saracens, if the weather is pretty handy, and we all know Saracens like to throw it around, they've got world-class players, will Mark McCall put a lot of guys back in there and go, well, if we get five points here, we picked up a losing bonus point, we, we hockeyed the Ospreys, you know, them sitting on 11 points and, you know, all their concentration after the debacle of uh, getting the, the ban and the 35-point the deduction and, and the big fines for, for breaking the salary cap, cap rules, you know, that could all be that could all, all, all be forgotten about pretty quickly if they go out and they destroy this monster team and they, they lay, lay down a marker and say, do you know what? We're reigning European champions. We're not going to let this go just as quickly as everybody thinks we are. Uh, it's funny you say that but we've time I think to get on to some predictions and this is one that's going to be a tricky one because Saracens are actually 12 points fa- 12 point favourites going into yeah. this game um, but as you say you know, it's hard to know what um, team is going to show up what way do you see it happening? Like I think round three settling in um, that match against Ulster the pack looked tired the Ulster um, a front row actually Give give Munster a bit of a hiding in, in, in that game. Um, I think you know they're just going to get over par, and it's not usually you would say that against uh, against the Munster team to get over par. But um, it all depends on team selection. It all depends on the weather. Of course, we all know that. But I'm going to go Saracens minus twelve. I, I just think they're uh, they're going to lay down a marker and, uh, and 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 give it to Munster. Um, they got something out of that match in Thurman Park, and I think that's a, a huge positive for them getting into this game. And then you've got a uh, Connacht uh, against Gloucester, who Connacht's season really hasn't. It never really took off this year after the impressive opening win. They are uh, they're actually minus three um, going into our, uh, going into this game at home. Yeah, is it have they enough to cover the spread after losing last week? Um, like they really need to put a, a five point win um, on Gloucester for Gloucester to get nothing out of it for to give themselves any type of hope. Of uh, progressing in this tournament, um, I think you know deep down Andy Friend knows that they're they're not a, a top eight team, um, but he will want to get a home win and he will want to lay down a marker for them to continue on in, in, in good form for uh, the, the next few weeks. So for me, I, I would probably go with a, a con at minus three. Galway is a really difficult place to go, and um, they play an attractive brand. But they can also roll up their sleeves, especially if it's if it's Baltic down there with the uh, the wind blowing off the bay. So um, for me, Gloucester um, won't travel well, even though David Humphreys, uh, the director of rugby, has played in Galway many a time. I believe that his side are going to go down the Connacht, um, and I would uh, do you know what? I, I would probably just go with the Connacht win. Forget about the handicap. Yeah, right, and then 13, um, yeah. The Leinster Christmas party then in the Aviva Stadium, uh, the one that <laughs> the, 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 the the blue Santa hats will be out. Like they they, I said before the game against Northampton that like what Leinster have done is grind out results so far, done enough to win. But if they were to go and beat the team top of the Premiership, they were going to have to show a little bit more. And like that's exactly what they did at the weekend. They showed a lot more. Like this is a team that kind of like are putting markers down at this stage. Like they're minus nineteen at home. I went to one of these uh, Leinster Christmas parties a few years ago against the Saints, and yeah, I, I remember that Leinster were just caught completely on the hop and were beaten. And I remember it was just it was one of those feelings that like it's like they were chasing the game for sixty minutes and they just they couldn't 
get there. You know what I mean? It was like they couldn't yeah. react to the poor form. Um, I can't see that happening this time. Can you? I can't, um, but I, I think there has to be a reaction for Northampton. You know, being in the game for the first quarter against them uh, at Franklin's Gardens and then um, embarrassingly, you know, leaking tries, was it because Leinster were absolutely fantastic or was it because Northampton uh, fell away? And I think it was maybe a combination of both. I can't see them spoiling a party in the Aviva Stadium. There's going to all the fans will be turning out in their thousands to support Leinster, but there's no Johnny Sexton going to be playing. He's obviously out injured um, and probably, uh, what, eight to ten weeks as we chatted about. Yeah. So um, Ross Byrne's going to have to step up to the plate. Um, we, you know, look, he, he's not the same calibre as Johnny Sexton, but at the same time, I've watched him enough this season to say that he has got all the attributes to, um, to, to, to mix it at the top of European rugby. And I think... Leinster will, um, will, will will go well, and you know with Ross or uh, whatever other changes are made, we'll tag for a long start. You know, will Scott Fardy start, or you know they've just got such um, a vast array of lads who can step in and do the same job. And um, I, I fancy Leinster to to put a put a few points on this Northampton team and uh, come out big victors. Handicap is nineteen points. Do you think they'll cover it? Yeah, it's, it's big, but geez, if you had to give. Uh, the handicap last weekend, you know, I, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be significantly tighter, but mm. um, uh, it's, it's hard to bet against them, guys. You know, even 19 points, it is hard to bet against Leinster just because they're unbeaten in all competitions so far this season. Um, uh, what is it for a Leinster win? 1-25 to or something, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's something tiny. So 19 it. is very difficult. Like, you know, feel free to kind of step away from this one if we're doing a treble because it is very hard to, to guarantee. Yeah. Like, there's a lot yeah, of garbage time, as they call yeah. it in America, in a 19-point win. It's 1-14, you know? just a straight-up Leinster win. 1-14, is it? Um, yeah, it's not, it's not really worth your time. I think I agree with Nick there. You know, I, I would stay away from uh, the Leinster game if you're doing a treble on the provinces this weekend. Finally, um, unfortunately, yeah. I would say the last game, obviously Ulster against Harlequins, which uh, is is also difficult to call, given that although Ulster got the win, now Harlequins at home, like you're saying, Ulster could go and put in the performance. But uh, how do you see it going? Yeah, well, I think Ulster won there a couple of years ago in the snow and the stoop. Uh, I was working at the game, and um, you know they got the win. Um, do I feel that they can go and do it again? Yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm not sure about this Harlequins team. Uh, can they bring that same level of intensity and physicality that they brought to uh, the Kingspan Stadium last weekend? I feel that there's another 20 or 30% and also Dan McFarland in his post-match interviews wasn't uh, happy, wasn't too impressed with some of the periods of, of that match uh, and also kind of fell off. Marcel Coutinho was anonymous at times he got substituted for Matty Ray who came on and made an instant impact um, so it just shows you guys if, if you can take Marcel Coutinho out of the game and if they could do, try and do a job on Big Stuart McCluskey who got man on match late last weekend then I would probably edge towards Harlequins but I certainly believe that there's much much more to come from Ulster um, and you know if they got an away win that would really really tear up nicely to try and progress into a quarter final um, so yeah do you know what, guys? I'm going to go for an Ulster win away from home. Good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. Exactly. Um, Stephen, thanks very much for uh, chatting to us. Cheers, lad. To subscribe to the full Build Up podcast, search The Build Up on Ball on all good podcast apps. <laughs>